Turn podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Jackson Jr. And the man drinking another daily dose of his devilish coffee. doing today feeling pumped up i'm feeling ready to go kind of kind of i i start to like build up my momentum as the show goes on dang I, always... I just just know you guys i'm gonna give y'all zero percent energy no 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 it's not that. It's, like, <laughs> it's like you know it's like rolling a ball down the hill it's just like all right, all right. And, you know slowly go down it's like boom. that's why at the end i'd be so like you know when i'm ready to close out i'd be closing out like it ain't nothing Man, I don't. We and we're gonna get to that closeout soon. We gotta get to that closeout too. But we got we got a a lot a lot bigger fish to fry. Whole so does so does Kevin Owens and WWE. Kevin Owens' contract turns out he he could be leaving in January. His contract is up in January 2022, and now he's posting subliminals. He's posting coordinates of Mount Rushmore which was his old team of uh, the Young Bucks and Adam Cole, I believe. And then you have – what, was I wrong? I was wrong. No, nah, you know, I wanted to say uh, – oh, oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. It was just burning in you. It was just burning inside I'll save, you. I'll save it for later. Yeah, I'll, save, I'll save it for later. I'm, I'm going to save all of them. I'm going to give you, like, 20 of them. Make sure you get your <laughs> editing skills ready because I'm going to give you, like, 20 of these. <laughs> yeah, but all in all, Kevin Owens is also posting – just almost there, saying his time's almost up. Now, he could be doing this to get more money in his contract, or he could potentially be gone. What do you? What is the future looking like for Kevin Owens slash Kevin Steen? He's been pretty kind of stagnant. Stagnant? See, my momentum ain't built up yet. That's it's a kind of stagnant. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, after, like, he had his little, you know, universal, you know, few – Universal Championship, he with Roman, like he's pretty much hasn't really been doing too much. He was kind of in, in a in the IC title picture. Now he's doing, I don't know what. So I'm pretty sure he's probably like, what the heck am I doing? Like, especially the way he just is. And me personally, I feel like at this point, like if there's no other avenue for him to go, I mean, him in AEW. He'd be another person that's wanting to go join and hang out with their friends, which I don't have a problem with. I mean, but I feel the way, you know, he's throwing out these AEW Easter eggs of it, you know, himself. Yeah, maybe it's probably his time is up now. Not now, but come January. No, nah, it makes oh. perfect sense. I'm looking at I'm looking at his WWE win loss record right now, actually. You think it's a good? You think he has a good WWE win loss record, Kevin Owens? I feel like he doesn't. You think he above average? I feel like he did up until like 2017. You think he did? Well, in overall, in total, his he was won 196 matches, lost 338 of them. That's Kevin Owens. This is that was former WWE Universal Champion Kevin Owens. Former, is, I think he is he. Well, is he your Grand Slam champion? I think he is, ain't it? Like, I think, think so. He's held the tag titles with Jericho. He's held the United yeah. States IC. Yeah, Grand Slam champion. Yeah, I mean, if he ready, if he ready to wrap it up, he can wrap it up. I mean, you. There's only so much you could do in the WWE. 
him and Sami Zayn can only fight so much. Exactly. And what does that say about Sami? Sami could be out the door too if Kevin leaves. That's two potential talents that has number one that you haven't even given them a chance. Granted, Roman has been beating the brakes off Kevin, which is that's fine. Roman has been Roman all year, <laughs> but Kevin Owens is still a premier talent. Him going against Jake Paul isn't a great a great thing to do for him right now, especially if you want to keep him. I think it was Logan, ain't it? Logan Paul. I don't be knowing Jake who Paul, Rich Logan Paul. Paul. Yeah, I was like, I don't Chris know Paul. Paul it is. <laughs> I, just know, I just know whatever Paul it is, I don't want to see him at WWE. <laughs> exactly. Like that's it's all of that is just a big old waste. Kevin Owens is a really great talent. That'll be a huge loss. Do you think yes. that's a huge loss for WWE? I feel like they'll feel like it's not, but I feel like deep down it is. Because that man, when he is like in a fire like role, like he he's like one of the best. Like in his like the way he, you know, puts puts his stuff together. Yeah, exactly. So it's saying that Kevin Owens. Future is future. Kevin Owens' future is up in the air. Same with Adam Cole's. Adam Adam Cole made a crazy decision that we're gonna get into later, but this leads us to McFoley. The Heel Turn Podcast. McFoley. McFoley made some crazy, not even crazy, legit comments about the WWE and. He's the pretty much the one of the first people, first legends, actually, besides with the exception of Ric Flair, who was just like, get me out of here. Mick Foley, who is a legend in himself. Most legends aren't even speaking out on WWE and creative and this and the other. Mick Foley just got up to the plate and said, WWE, we have a problem. He's seen AEW. We'll get into that later. We get into I know Devin's itching to talk about a certain superstar, but we're going to get to that later. Now, it's. The craziness in this is Mick Foley, one of the things that he said in his rant. Uh, If I was an aspiring talent now, big league talent with a major decision to make, I'm not sure that I would trust WWE creative to do the right thing with my career. You guys did wonders with me uh, back in the day. That was a different time, different place. If it was today, I'm not sure I would trust the powers to be. So when a legend doesn't is telling you he wouldn't even want to work for your company now, what is that saying for everybody else that's there? And the legends that are even working there, you have Jamie Noble, and I'm not; these are legends that people that people that we grew up with, people like Jamie Noble, Billy Kidman, Devon Dudley, people who are behind the scenes, legends who are pretty much they're not booking it, but they're producing these matches. They have their hands on these matches. Does Mr. Foley's words? startle you not startle you does it scare you but like does it bring you some type of does it make you worried about wwe's future um i'm hoping that it makes wwe worried about their future which i feel they probably aren't like i look at it this way everything mick foley said is 100 right like i don't see any flaws in what he was saying but i feel wwe is just the way they're trying to transition and keep going, I feel like they won't feel impacted unless it's starting to hit their pockets, basically. Like, they'll look at it like, oh, yeah. Like, they're more quant- – they doing- they're doing more quantity over quality. Like, they feel like, oh, we're drawing in, like, two point, you know, something million for SmackDown. Like, oh, that's fine. And AEW's, like, they're moving up there, but they're still not at that level. But yet their quality may be better. But WWE's, like, in terms of quantity, they have, you know – terms of views so i feel what he said i hope that can ignite somebody back there to like oh you know what maybe we but probably they've probably been saying it already too he's just that one guy like a legend who has a lot of weight to what he's saying because he's been there obviously he knows what you know works and if he's saying like you guys have a problem then you guys have a problem and i like one part he said about like carrying cross like you bring up guys like carrying cross I think younger talent sees the way that developmental characters are cut or left by the wayside, or in the case of Karrion Cross, greatly watered down and even made a joke of when they debut on the main roster. If it's not broke, don't fix it. And, like, that's why newer talent are scared to come up because everything that they develop, you're probably just going to, you know, sit there and water it down. And like I said, too, like, if it's not broke, WWE, don't fix it. Like, leave some stuff alone like you don't have to keep trying to fit everything to what you feel is going to get over let what gets over get over and i feel like that's the problem like they're trying to 
I know they know who they are. You know, they're like, we're sports entertainment. I know they know who they are, but I feel who they are may be not expiring, but it, it needs to evolve just a bit more. Like, don't just stick to – I know you know this mold work for decades and decades, but everybody got to evolve, especially you, WWE. Yeah, especially you, WWE. Now, the thing – the crazy thing about this is, and for those that – for those that do know me, they know I love documentaries. So if you you know I love wrestling and you, so I love documentaries. This man go to sleep watching documentaries, people. Exactly, I'm over here watching watching the creation of soap, going to sleep like I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like a documentary of like the creation of disco. <laughs> but uh, all just aside, watching I've watched at least three or four Mick Foley documentaries. That's the crazy part. Even though there's these documentaries are based on the same person, I gotta watch it again. I still gotta watch it. But Big Foley's got at least four plus the book. And I've seen number the things that people said about McFoley, even what he said to himself. He number one, he wasn't, he didn't have the fit to be a wrestler. He was tall, but he wasn't, he didn't have that Vince McMahon look to him. He wasn't perfect in the ring. He wasn't near perfection. Like he wasn't Bret Hart, I would say. He was, you know, he wasn't that the the most technical guy, I should say, most skilled. But at the end of the day, what got over was his storytelling. What got over was his promos and the ability to still put on good matches, great matches. If that Mick Foley, he's. I'm not saying he's not. A, I'm not saying he's not a slouch in the ring. I'm not saying he's a slouch in the ring. I'm just saying, from the outside looking in, he wasn't Shawn Michaels doing at the time. Shawn Michaels was a legend already. You know, in the in his prime, already being called a legend. Mick Foley was still trying to earn his right on his way while being three different people at once. So, and that was based off the creative team, Cactus Jack, Dude Love, Mankind, and then just coming out as Mick Foley himself. No, you make that, he doesn't, he didn't do that himself. Stone Cold, Stone, they was giving Stone, did you hear the names that they were going to give Stone Cold, the creative team? It was like Chili McFreeze. Can you imagine Stone Cold's ball had the glass shattering? And you hear the announcer saying Chili McFreeze. <laughs> you got JR. Chili McFreeze. McFreeze. Exactly. JR, <laughs> like flipping tables. <laughs> like that's so in, in saying that, sometimes the creative got it. Sometimes, sometimes they don't. Stone Cold was able to reject that and be like, yeah, no, you're stupid. No, I want to be Stone Cold, and that's what it is. Mankind followed the way of the creative team. Shawn Michaels had, I'm pretty sure he had to say so. Triple H, he messed up. And then he had to see, then he had to get his life together. Then he had to say so of what he could do and what he can't do. But nowadays you don't see that. Nowadays you don't see that at all. If you refuse to do something, we won't see you for months. And then you're released. People are now thinking about their jobs. All in all, I think the creative team really, their purpose has fallen off. They, they think everything they say is right and it's funny and it's and it feels like all they're doing is entertaining themselves instead of getting their talent over. McFoley got over at the time. Stone Cold got over at the time. Not only did they trust their gut, but creative worked with them. All in all, that's creation needs to work with their superstars. They don't work with their superstars. They're going to push their superstars away instead of, you know how many careers that are being killed because of a creative team, there's so many people that we don't even know that are at the time. You know, I never seen a Eugene. Have you seen Eugene wrestle for real? Never. Oh, we don't know if that man could wrestle legit or not. Like, so we who knows who he could have been or what career he could have had. You know, it's people like that that we talk about and we think about. And, you know, we don't know because of creative. We don't know who they are, who they are, who they can be. And it's just it's just crazy. So many possibilities that could happen outside of creative's bubble. And exactly that they just refuse to have. Now, this leads us to our semi co-main event, co-main event segment. Because we got to talk about AEW. The Heel Turn Podcast. AEW All Out was, was wild. It was, it was wild. all out. Do you want to? Do you want to? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to go over the surprises first, or do you just want to do a quick run of the matches? We can do a quick run of the matches. It ain't gonna take long. We're not gonna go into yeah. detail. 
Well, actually, I'm I am going to go into detail because I do got a lot to say about a couple of them. <laughs> Might as well. We're going to get to the meat of it. Because uh, let's talk about this cage match. <laughs> this cage match between Everybody's best tag team match they've ever seen in their life. Yes, the greatest tag team match ever put on in the history of wrestling. And I think it's just foolishness. That's that's what was said on Twitter. That's what was said on Twitter. That was said on Twitter. That was said on YouTube. I'm not going to say what channels and what, this, you know, this, that, and the other. We watch a lot of stuff. But it's up. a lot of people are saying that this is by far one of the greatest, like, tag team matches out there. Or not even of the year, of all time. And we can go back and replay this over and over again. I'm sorry, I can't. I cannot. The match was entertaining from outside of a wrestling standpoint. Outside of a wrestling standpoint, it was entertaining. I have seen, I have seen, I'm trying to think of like a, a, an occurrence that happened in AEW. Like a random occurrence that happened in AEW that was quick, simple, to the point. We we live in a wrestling world right now. This, this, is, this is where I'm going to get at. We live in a wrestling world now where we can tr- turn on Fox and see somebody get put through a table and get pinned one, two, three. That's about it. Can get hit with bats, can get hit with chairs, can get hit with title belts. One, two, three, matches over. That's it. Or they're on the ground for a very long time, hurting, selling a move. Where you go into TNT, you turn on TNT, and people are jumping off ladders, doing backflips, you know, hitting everybody with everything they got and just getting up like nothing happened. Their recovery time is so quick. Watching that cage match, seeing everybody flip all around, getting kicked in the face with nails, with nail uh, shoes on, shoes nails on, whatever it's called. I think I seen Spongebob. Where you seen that sports Spongebob episode where Spongebob had them big yeah, old the, <laughs> shoes spikes, spikes under the shoes? Yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of. But I'm telling you. And they kicked out. Exactly. Every I seen Chris Jericho later on in the later on in the day get hit with a bat. Two seconds later, shoots back up. MJF hits him with a finish, hits him with his Judas, and that's it. We've seen people get hit with bats, be out for a, a grip. Not only that, you know what? I said I was going to talk about the cage match, but the cage match just went into the whole the whole pay-per-view. Let's talk about yes. it. Yeah. Now, it's part of it. What I'm saying right now still doesn't change what I think. AEW All Out was still a great pay-per-view. So everything I'm complaining about is just me complaining. But still great pay-per-view. AEW All Out was awesome. I don't expect a perfect pay-per-view. CM Punk's match, we'll get into that in a minute. But in the beginning, Miro was going against Eddie Kingston. And Miro was distracted. He was he had he was against the referee on the turnbuckle and pretty much low blowed Eddie Kingston with his leg. And Miro just, you know, he cheated and he won the match. Like this, that, and other. Chris Jericho versus MJF. It was, Chris Jericho's leg was on the rope. Cool. But the referee still counted three. Match is over. Everybody's happy that MJF is won. Another referee walks out and is like, yeah, bro, his foot was on the ropes. Not only was his foot on the not only was his foot on the ropes, MJF hit this dude with a bat. And he disqualified, you know, and like not only is you're worried about his leg being on the ropes, we start the match. This dude just almost didn't kill kill Chris Jericho. So it's like, what I don't know. I thought that was that whole thing was sloppy. Just I don't know. This the whole storytelling in itself was weird, but I'm, I'm sorry. I know I'm going off. We still got to talk about CM Punk and everything else, but is there anything you wanted to add before without, you know, mentioning the, the surprises? Oh, I mean, I fully agree with what you're saying. Like, I mean, the the premise of what they put together can be great. It's just like the logic inside the match is just Perfect. like, huh? Perfect. It's just like, you know, okay, this may be, this is side by side of it. For instance, example, we play like a wrestling game. You know, you hit somebody with a steel chair, that'd be doing some some major damage. You just make it a pinfall out of that. You're not expecting somebody to just pop up after that. So it's like when they do these, you know, high damage moves, it should be high damage. Meaning yes. high damage has been done, not just, oh, I'm invincible. Like I'm about to pop up after you just stepped on me with some spike studded shoes. No. Yes. There was a crossbody. This one, I don't know which lucha bro it was. But he was on top of the steel cage, hit all three of them with the cross body, and only his partner, who was in the middle of them, was quick to get up. And, and the young bucks are still on the ground. Oh my god! Like an asteroid just landed on them. I was gonna say a comet. I'm like, I don't think comets going to the yeah. Earth's atmosphere. I, it's just 
the the overselling, underselling, I don't even know what to call it. I guess you could say the logistics of wrestling in AEW needs a lot of work. Because if we're seeing people getting hit with 20 different objects, kicking out at two, and then hitting a fluky finishing move, and that's about it. That's the only finishing move that I think is really 100% protected and well-versed and, you know, is unkickoutable, obviously, Kenny Omega's and Pop, you know, with some respect, John Moxley, because he he got it. He got it like that. But I don't know. It's just when you look at AEW and you look at all the extra stuff that they do, all the extra, you have to go the extra mile. Everything has to be 100 miles and running. It It's a lot. It's a lot. It's draining. That cage match, as fun as it was, I had to be, I had to take out, yeah, take out my wrestling logic and be like, all right, this is fake. This is like, this is 100%. Because even they got into a little circle. One person kicked the other, you know, one person kicked the other partner. The other partner kicks the other partner. The other partner kicks the other partner. Now they kick up. They kip up. Super, super kick. Kip up, super kick. Now it's all in a row. Now, okay, now I know this is choreographed and everybody's cheering like this is the best thing ever. No. This is way too much. <laughs> it's, yeah, I'm like, now it's getting stupid. Like, I can understand people, like, getting in the middle of the ring and having, brawling it out. That's cool. You guys in a circle just slowly punching each other, punching the one person under, and just going back and forth for five minutes. It's just, I just had a problem with that match just for that, those moments. All in all, still a great match. Still a great pay-per-view. And before we get into the big surprises, CM Punk versus Darby Allen. That was my first Darby Allen match I've seen. Darby Allen's a fast dude. That is a fast dude. He, he he got it. Darby Allen do got it. It was a slow match at first. The first like 10 minutes, I was like, man. Like I was like, don't tell me I'm gonna like have to go on here and talk about how boring it was. But <laughs> it picked up. It picked up in a huge way. And everything was smart. Everything was amazing. So it, it was it was mad, mad entertaining. Yeah, CM Punk deserved that win. I wasn't expecting a five-star match from CM Punk. No, but pretty sure nobody was. We just expected him to at least not hurt himself and to at least yeah. do good. And he did beyond good. He did really, really, really well. And do you have any comments about CM Punk and the match itself? How do you feel about CM Punk coming back? Do you think how do you think his performance is gonna be from now on? I think we I think it's gonna be all right. It's just it's just really good to see him back in the ring after what's it been eight eight years? Yeah, about to be eight. eight. Yeah, it's just it been a while. Like last time I seen CM Punk in the ring, what was that at the Civic Center? I mean, I know he was in the Royal Rumble back in 2014, but I just remember vividly like seeing him in the Civic Center. The Civic Center, <laughs> three on three on one against the Shield. Three on one, some ridiculous stuff, man. That's why you love. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's like it's, now. It's... let him do that with the Shield. <laughs> CM Punk yeah, versus the he... Shield now, man. He will be fire. He will be on fire like no. I was like, the match wouldn't even finish. Roman would have everybody choked out by then. Like, <laughs> choked out. <laughs> but no, it's 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 incredible. Like, just to see the guy back, see him pump back in the ring, though. It's been a long time. So no, I think he, I think he's gonna be okay. He's gonna be working with good talent. So he knows what he's doing. He'll be all right. You know what's crazy? I think I agree with everything you said, but I don't think I think people are gonna crap on CM Punk after a while because. Looking at that match, I'm like, okay, now I have to – the match was good. It was really good. It was just like, okay, now I have to adjust to this CM Punk. And with all due respect, this is this is seven years. Not only is it seven years, it's seven years out the ring. So yeah. some people some people could be in the ring for seven years like this and slow down, and it's like, okay, cool. Now you're doing other stuff to like – you know, from hiding the fact that, okay, that you're aging, you're getting older, and this is wearing you out a little bit. AEW, I know that's different, but – CM Punk, seven years out, he's not as, and we're all just being 100% honest, and I'm pretty sure he can agree with this too. He's not as fast as he was seven years ago. The ring rust is there, obviously, and it's going to be. So, it's and it's going to be there for a minute. I'm just not expecting a five-star performance from CM Punk ever again. The My last greatest CM Punk match I seen was him versus John Cena, Monday Night Raw. I'll never forget uh, watching 2013 that. yeah because i'm uh, like remember, i'm just watching I was, I was watching it in this very living room i'm sitting there I'm right telling now you, i promise you watching <laughs> in the living room i was like what am i watching i'm like yeah. this is on raw this is a random episode of raw and they're killing each other it, it was something it was straight fire 
that is all by far my favorite CM Punk match. But that is, we won't see another CM Punk like that. We'll see him talking foolish like that. We'll see him clowning. The, the behavior will be there. The wrestling performance, I don't think people will get behind after a while. I think it's going to take an adjustment. For me, I understand that we're, this is a new CM Punk. It'll be an adjustment. I just don't think the fans will be accepting as that probably a couple months down the line when he's full term, full time, actually. Does that make any sense, or is that am I being stupid? You could be, you could tell me I'm stupid. You could tell me, like, hey, no, I mean, you put in like, yeah, I mean, he's been out of the ring for you know a minute. It's gonna take some time to adjust. And if he, he definitely won't be the same, it just takes some time for him to, you know, get back to doing what he used to do. You expected a five star match from CM Punk? You expected CM Punk? Not necessarily, no, not at this age. And I think that's maybe that's not even really his goal either. I'm not saying he's coming to just do mediocre matches, but I don't think he's trying to like give you a five star Dave exactly. Meltzer broke the scale match. <laughs> right. Regardless, at the end of the day, we all know that he CM Punk is gonna he's gonna perform. He's gonna entertain us yeah. regardless. So it's just from the ring, the wrestling standpoint. Yeah, CM Punk is 42. So it's He's a, he's up there, definitely up there. Yeah, Christian up Cage there. is up there too, but he's still wrestling himself. He so we might just see CM Punk be Impact Champion someday. So we don't <laughs> we don't know. But moving on to the topic that you've been burning, itching, that you just been wanted, that you just I've seen you come close to tears on this video chat. <laughs> because matter of fact, you want to introduce it? You want to introduce it, or do you want me to? Man, AEW all out definitely went all out towards the end. We had a lot of speculations, a lot of high, uh, Easter eggs and a little hype, and we pretty much seen where the landscape was going, but we finally got confirmation in the flesh. At AEW All Out, we got to see the debut of Adam Cole, baby. Been dying to say this whole episode. Um, I won't explain why, but it was great. I mean, we kind of Figure he had one foot out the door at WWE, and he looks happy there. Looks like he, you know, he's. <laughs> I promise I won't say. It. <laughs> I'll say it anyway. He's there with, with his baby, you know, and his friends. So that was a. It wasn't like a big surprise, but it was a surprise, you know, all in it. So, and then another big surprise, we also got Brian Danielson. Now, it's weird because I'm so used to just saying Daniel Bryan. I know that's his real name, Brian Danielson. But even him at the end. Now, he was probably supposed to be at the next um, AEW pay-per-view, but things happened, so they moved it to All Out, which is fine. But AEW has heavy hitters coming in now. Yes, they do. Also, with an addition, Ruby Soho, who won the Women's Battle Royal. I forgot what kind of battle royal it was. Oh, it was some Joker wild card casino battle casino royal. Battle royal. Yeah. It's a casino battle royal. If you that Ruby Soho one, now she's going against Britt Baker. And Britt Baker also, we talked about last week about AEW and their subliminal messages and how everything they say is how everything happens. You know, they do stuff to hint at everything, and it's like, why do you have to go those that far? They actually did it pretty good at all out when Britt Baker was uh, wrestling because she actually did Adam Cole's finishing move, the Panama Sunrise, but I, it was called the Pittsburgh Sunrise because she's from Pittsburgh, obviously. So I thought that was cool. You know, it's better than what they do nine times out of ten you know, every other week. So I thought that was pretty cool. But the fact that Ruby's there, Adam Cole, Daniel Bryan, they Bryan Danielson, excuse me, because I don't know if you've seen that um, – Brian, uh, Brian's media. Uh, I wanted. I wanted to talk conference. about those. I wanted to talk about those. Me, uh, me, those. Uh, I said those medias. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about Ruby's specifically. Like, it was great. Like seeing how she felt. Like she felt so like welcome at AEW. Felt free. And I'm not trying to like knock on WWE, but I mean I kind of am. This is just like, man, when people leave there, they feel like they was just like in a dungeon, like just no air, just like you just do what we, I mean, it's maybe it's like that you do what we say or that's when you hit the road, but it's like, man, like people leave and they just feel like refreshed and like, 
they could just be them now. It's like, don't you think maybe WWE should probably? Did you hear what was rumored for Adam Cole? His role for, in uh, WWE. Yeah. Yeah, like we, make him not be a wrestler. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> what makes you think? You know what, Adam Cole, your contract's expiring. Instead of all that wrestling stuff that you're doing, you killing it. I need you to be a manager right now. This is the who who do I ever. want you to manage? Who do I want you to man? If we got Mustafa Ali right here, bro, I promise you, if you could get this man to like five k followers on Twitter. Like, I'm like, if you could just. <laughs> but that is ridiculous. So that's, that's like said, that's like bringing AJ Styles in to like manage. Seth Rollins or something. AJ Styles was just a tag team champion, but he was just used to get brutalized until Omos came and saved him. So, but I'm saying, like, when he first came, I'm like, that's like having him come into WWE, and like, we know he's a top performer, but you got him as a mouthpiece for somebody else. Exactly. And Daniel Bryan, exactly. And that media call out kind of said the same thing. He said, and granted, those three people, with the exception of Ruby, because Ruby was kind of, I don't know, 50 50, they really didn't have nothing bad to say about WWE. Yeah, not really at all. So Daniel Bryan, when he brought up that, he said Vince is protective of him. Vince, he, yeah, he's overprotective of him. Sometimes Vince and I have a great relationship, and I and I love him. I do. Sometimes he's overprotective of me, and I want to be able to push my limits. Obviously, I mean, I we talked about this before. I don't want to see. I'd rather see Daniel Bryan sit down. You know, honestly, I love to see him wrestle, but I much rather him sit down. Yeah, and Daniel <laughs> Daniel Bryan, he just sounds like that overly tough dude that just wants to fight everybody. He, Man, he looks like he's gotten good. Is he? <laughs> Is he as good as he looks? When I see Jungle Boy, when I see Darby Allen, when I see all of these people, and I think like they're good. I wonder how good. They are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, bro, what's, what, what, what's, you, what, what's that dude over there? How much you how much you bet for three fifty? Hey bro, hey bro. He's like, all right, bet. <laughs> you know Goku when Goku's like walking up Goku. to everybody. How strong are you? Like pretty let's much. Just get it. That's Daniel Bryan. Ready to fight for no reason. Daniel Bryan is the vegan Goku. That's what we're gonna call this vegan. man, vegan Goku. I want to get a shirt like that now. Cause Daniel Bryan just looking at everybody. How, how how tough are you? You trying to you trying you trying to get in this ring or something? You trying to they all like sweating, smiling and stuff. Like Daniel Bryan got crazy eyes. Like you trying, to, you trying to just get in this ring real fast? Like I promise, I fight for free. I promise. Like, you, promise. <laughs> like Daniel, you know I'm good for it. Yeah, you know I'm good for it exactly. And Adam Cole, no nothing but positivity, nothing but positive things to say about the WWE. It was just his his friends were there. He'd rather be with yeah. his friends to be honest and not be a manager. Daniel Brian Danielson wants to fight everybody and everyone in the world. So, and Ruby Soho just wanted to get on TV. So, I mean, it's not really she just want to be. She just want to be free, man. Exactly. <laughs> so, do you think? Because I, I, you can totally, you can tell me, call me crazy. I think we saw a shift in the wrestling industry with AEW All Out. Am I tweaking? Not tweaking at all. It was. <laughs> you gonna have people starting to. Fix their eyes more on AEW going like, man, all these people starting to like, you know, ease over. Like Mick Foley said, WWE is not, AEW is now the place some people like are aspiring to go to. Like, they're like, oh, I want to go there. It looks, you know, not saying it looks cool over there, but like, you know, I feel like I'll be better used and utilized, utilizing, use the same thing, (laughs) utilized over there than I would at WWE. And I kind of, you can see that with just the signings that AEW's got. Like, people look over there and say, hey, I think I want to go on that side. Yeah. Not the thing. No, but this, no, I was just going to say, like, you're definitely right. It, it was a shift. I'm going to say this, and now I'm going to close it out. I'm going to say this, then you can either rebut me or agree, and we can just close it out here because we definitely got to move on. But I don't think WWE is worried at all. WWE can give them, I don't think he'll give them Roman Reigns. No, I don't think they'll go that far. But I think WWE, with the exception of like Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins, maybe Randy Orton, they could care less who leaves their brand because AEW, like you said earlier, they're not, it's going to take them years to put up WWE numbers. It's going to take them, WWE, they can be trash for three, three, four plus years. They still got a billion dollar deal with Fox. They still got, a billion, billion, million dollar deal with Peacock. They have so many deals that keep them in business for a very long time. They don't need ratings. The AEW could beat them all week, all year. It doesn't matter. 
AEW still number one wouldn't be putting up the money WWE is. They won't do that for another couple of years. So who knows how how much talent they could bring in? Like if Kevin Steen, how much money would they have in January when Kevin Steen is free? You know, who's Braun Strowman is still a free agent, although he's speculated to go to Impact. Nobody's watching that. So you know, and and if they are watching it, it's because Kenny Omega and AEW was over there. So if we're being honest, like Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson was at AEW all out. You know, they they made an interest. They made the interest with the Young Bucks. Why'd they do that? Number one, probably because they got a check from it. Number two, what was they going to do at Impact? What was they going to wrestle? Wrestle for who? Dixie? Like, okay, let me stop talking. Let me stop, let me stop clowning Impact. This like, man, I stop. mean, he, he stepped on Impact and just like, just turned his Nobody's like watching Jackson Impact. on it. Nobody's watching Impact whatsoever. So, my the reason why everybody, not everybody, but some people speculate that WWE isn't worried. They're, that's why... Vince McMahon always says AEW isn't competition, and it is for that exact reason why. Because AEW still have years before they could put up WWE numbers financially. WWE, WWE has a, a, a business center. They have that whole little black building with the WWE logo. The, the, they have their own little business center. AEW probably don't even have their own like you know building yet. Stuff like that. And I'm, I know that's like being nitpicky, but that's just money. That's just the financial aspect of it. Money. That's how many people are behind WWE. AEW might have the popularity. They might have the potential when it comes to financial and everything else. It's going to be tough, especially when you're pissing off Domino's and everybody, all your other sponsors. But I still love it. I still want, I'm still going to try AEW. Uh, they still got nothing but positive receptions for All Out, even though I just, we pretty much crapped on it for 20 minutes. But any, do you have any last constructive, words? You just had constructive criticism. Constructive, man, exactly. <laughs> But do you have any but, last words on the segment? Yeah, no, on? but uh, no, yeah, like a yeah, WWE, they definitely won't see them as strong competition just yet. Like I said, WWE won't react until their back is definitely against the wall, which is clearly not right now. Last time WWE had to react, had to go back to the drawing board and try to figure things out was with WCW. That was when their back was against the wall, where they were losing, you know, some weeks after weeks to WCW, and then they, you know, finally got their formula right, and never looked back since. And right now, like I said, AEW can put on great pay-per-views if they want. They can get these great signings and everything. But WWE is not hurting from that right now. Their pockets is not hurt right now. Like, not at all. Their ratings are not hurting right now. And it's funny because WWE can have a dip in ratings and still it be pretty good numbers. Like, their bad is, like, AEW's best right now. So it's definitely going to take AEW some years before they can be on that level. Like, I'm not saying they won't, but it's going to take a minute. And I hope they do get there because competition is great. You need competition because that's going to make your competitors go, hey, we need to do this differently. They're kicking our bus right now. How about this? How about that? It leads into that desperation. Desperation is what leads into inspiration. And saying this and then moving on, AEW was competing with WWE's developmental show. Exactly. So competing, trying to compete with Raw or even SmackDown in that case, yeah, no. That's mm-hmm. good luck with that. So as soon as before, <laughs> before we see something like that happens and we're just, you know, mind blown beyond belief, we'll 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 change our stance. But I want to go into something real quick. PWI released their uh 500 list, the, the top 500 wrestlers in 2021. You want to hear the top 10. Number one, Devin, who, who is in all of wrestling? Who's number one? Kenny Omega. Yep. Who's number two? The Tribal Chief. Roman Reigns is number two. Who's number three? Who's Bobby Lash? You've seen this before. I feel like you've oh, seen yeah, this before. I, I you definitely think you over here. See, I'm oh, over here crazy you. You over here. Oh, see, I'm no. Messy. I'm over here queen. Oh, no, 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 no. No, because I mean, yeah. I've been trying to stay on top of this stuff. <laughs> nah, I was like, I'm quizzy because no, I, I thought I, I ain't know. Oh, no, I seen the list come out. So I was you like, are yeah, here. Like, I'm thinking you looking at your plan like, uh, get your nigga. No, honestly, no, if we went past that, you would then it would turn to a quiz because I don't remember nobody passed like this dude. But yeah, I definitely but, don't remember. No, nah, it's top 10. It's great memory, though. Great memory. <laughs> great memory. Devin pays attention to wrestling. See, that's, 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 that's the evidence there. We're experts at this. <laughs> So the top ten. I don't Kenny, get paid the big bucks for nothing. 
Exactly. Yeah, Devin yes, don't do yes. Devin don't have any long standing promos for nothing. <laughs> right. But number one, you have Kenny Omega. Number two, Roman Reigns. Number three, Bobby Lashley. Number four, Drew McIntyre. Number five, Kota Ibushi. Number six, John Moxley. Number seven, Will Allspray, which is surprising because he took some time off after the whole COVID situation and he was injured. Uh, Finn Balor at number eight. Shingo Tagachi. 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 Hopefully I pronounced that right. Yeah, probably not. But <laughs> and then number ten is Rich Rick Swan, and that that confused me a lot because he he was Impact Champion, but the thing he wasn't an Impact full champion if that makes sense bars damn man. <laughs> i mean he nice. was, yeah he was impact yeah. champion. he just wasn't no impact nice play at all you know what i'm saying so it's nice, just, nice play with the words man yeah so don't don't steal that nobody nobody steal that but but rich swan i, I can think of a lot of people especially in that spot yeah in that number 10 spot and that, that makes me want to wonder who's up behind these guys but all in all with any any comments concerns on the list i just want to throw that list out there and I mean, I can't really argue with it. Yeah, I mean, my only question is, yeah, that, yeah, that last ten spot. That's my only question. Like, I'm not saying he don't deserve to be there. It's just he deserves like, to be on the list, just not ten. Yeah, just not in that spot. That's all I'm saying. It's not ten at all. Granted, he's real, real athletic, real. Yeah. Him and him and his match with Kenny Omega, to me, was mid. It was mid. It, I wasn't. It wasn't the greatest match of all time. Rick is still putting on decent matches. Mm-hmm. I just didn't. I was just surprised to see him at number ten. That doesn't. Yeah. Well, so, no, I I don't I don't really disagree with the list that much. I mean, twenty twenty one. I mean, this it's been a good year for AEW at least two straight years in a row that they had that uh, number one spot. John Moxley was there last year. John exactly. Mo- John Moxley. What number is he? Six. I don't even. I believe so. Yeah, John Moxley's number six. Number six on the list also had a great year and a kid on top of that. Like, AEW's been looking good, especially in the wrestling scene. And if they can only get better. Adam Cole. Adam Cole should have been I'm pretty sure he's probably in that top 20, if that. He's definitely in the ballpark. So, and saying all that, this brings us to our dream match. the heel turn podcast and with this dream match it's going to be a little unorthodox it's going to be a little weird but since Devin likes to have all these people in their prime Everybody with their fullest knowledge and ability and everything available to them. We're gonna we need have them 99 overalls, man. Come on. Yeah, we're gonna have them 99 overalls. We're gonna have Ric Flair taking on Samoa Joe. Wow, I know the first thing people are gonna come at is the weight class. Samoa Joe probably got a good 100 or something pounds on Ric Flair. Ric that doesn't matter. Ric Flair, the dirtiest, the dirtiest player in the game. Exactly. Samoa Joe. Probably the most psychotic player in the game. Who do you got? Oh, man. Like you said, people are going to say that the weight class plays in here. But I feel in this match, I have to give it to the Nature Boy, the dirtiest player in the game, Ric Flair. And why I say that is because it's in his nickname, literally, the dirtiest player in the game. My God. And... Samoa Joe, definitely, you know, it's a big size difference there. He just might try to choke him out, hit him with a muscle buster. But I just feel Ric Flair is a bit too sneaky and know how to bend them rules a bit to his favor. And that technical standpoint to me will get him out of some sticky situations with Samoa Joe. Sticky situation. (laughs) But whenever push comes to shove, I feel that that will be a slight tipping point to him because who all who knows he could just hit oh shoot I'm not changing these dream matches at all it's just gonna be a match it's gonna be a match because <laughs> I was about to go like if it's not DQ I mean if it's DQ you know he could just race to the referees turn you know low blow boom that's it I mean he can do, he's gonna like, do that regardless he's gonna do that that's what I'm saying I'm like he'll cheat he'll cheat 
I'm not I'm saying he has a slim chance. But if he can, you know, play his dirty cards right, his dirty cards, <laughs> I feel like he can pull it out. Wrap them big Samojo legs up, possibly. No, he got it. I don't know. I think he had the cheat to win, honestly. I don't think he could make Samojo tap out. I definitely, I think he could. But I do have Samojo going into this match. I do have Samojo. I do. I'm not even going to say how Ric Flair can win. I'm going to. I'm gonna hold that. I'm gonna let you have that, cause. But Samoa Joe, crazy, crazy human being, a man that is similar to Ric Flair in a way, because they like to target lambs. And when I say that, you know how Ric Flair is. Ric Flair, he has the figure four leg lock. What is he gonna target? Them ankles. Not only them ankles, them legs. The legs, boy. That's what they say. I forgot. I forgot. What? Where the legs. legs, boy? But so that's why. That's a your taste when uh i forgot what you just said but rick flair is gonna definitely gonna attack some more joe's legs and if he does that enough some joe can definitely tap out that's what he said yeah some joe can definitely i can see him yeah. tapping out in that aspect some joe is just sadistic rick flair has his infamous chops some joe has a lot of meat a lot more meat on his bones so them chops gonna hit a whole lot harder some <laughs> joe definitely hits a lot harder he has a, his a striking ability i think it's a lot better He's faster than Ric Flair. The suicide dives literally flatten Ric Flair. But then again, I've seen this man, Ric Flair, fall off a, a freaking ladder into a table in front of Charlotte, or Ashley she was at the time. <laughs> so I'm like, Ric Flair, Ric Flair do got some durability. But oh, yeah. Samoa Joe just knows how just knows how to put the hurt on you. He's brutal. That's, that's how I see the mess. Like I, I see a lot of brutality on Samoa Joe's side, but that's what I'm saying. Like I don't see we refer have to do something cheaply to kind of weaken Samoa Joe's heart, soften him up. I can't see him just out of the gates being able to soften like Samoa Joe's legs. You gotta, you gotta take him down some type of way first, and then attack him. Now, just by Samoa Joe's size advantage, I just can't see him just outright taking him down. You gotta pull out his dirty cards, like I said. I can see Rick Flair attacking. Cause I've seen him do it. We've seen him do it to the Undertaker. We've seen him do it to a bunch of other big, big guys that were that we never know. Even though Undertaker didn't tap out, but it's just the fact that Ric Flair can get these people down. It's just a yeah. matter of the the endurance that his opponents have. And I think Samoa Joe. I'm not gonna say he has the same endurance as the Undertaker, but I don't think he's tapping out. Yeah. I think Ric Flair going to sleep first. So in that in that That'd aspect, I think Samoa. Message. I know Samoa Joe's putting the hurt on him. Samoa Joe's and look, can we just be honest? Samoa Joe's moveset just looks like it hurts more. It definitely do. <laughs> like everything Samoa Joe do just look like it hurts a lot more. Ric Flair can sell out of this world. Throw him, throw him against the turnbuckle, sixty-eight year old man flipping all flipping all over the turnbuckle Why? into the apron. He's flying. Like Ric Flair still like adds. Paper ball at the wall. I'm telling you, Rick Flair still, he still got some oomph in him. It's just the fact that Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe can just put the hurt on you. Rick Flair, granted, he's past, I guess he's past our prime, I guess you could say. Or he, we're past his prime? Yeah, his prime is past our time. Yeah, his prime is past our time. Like, we didn't get a Bars. chance to see, we didn't get a chance to see Rick Flair's highlight matches with Dusty Rose, Roddy Piper. I mean, you probably have since you like that, but you like, I'm like, you probably yeah, seen it. Yeah. But I definitely have never. Oh, so Rick trying to take jabs at me, trying to study the game. Trying to study the game. Trying to look at the greats. All in all, Samoa Joe definitely for the win. Devin, as the music's fading out, is there anything you want to say to the audience right now before we go? And oh man, oh man. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people all over the world, you are listening to the greatest wrestling podcast that's all around. From one border to the next border, the Hill Turn Podcast, coming to you every week. You already know what it is, and we just had a great uh, AEW pay-per-view all out and see how WWE gonna 
pretty sure they gonna look at it like, oh, we need the answer right now. But I'm hoping they still, you know, keep their cards on the table. Got that. Extreme Rules coming up. Let's see how that is like gonna. I'm, you know, right now, I'm not sure how I'm gonna feel about that paper. And I know it hasn't shaped up yet. All we have right now is Randy Orton versus Bobby Lashley for who knows why. And I don't know. I'm Michael Jackson leaning towards it being trash already. I know it's far out, but I don't know. I, I just, I'm not feeling it so far. How they're building up storylines right now. You know, Isaiah's probably like, mm-hmm. it's only two, three weeks away. So. But I'm Michael Jackson leaning towards it being trash already. I'm still going to get the dub regardless, because that's who I am. But, um, yeah, that's all I got to say, ladies and gentlemen. You already know what it is. It's your boy Devin. Keeping it real. See, Isaiah, he thought I wasn't on top of my game earlier with that list, but I was. I'm done. Dang. I know he. I know he can't wait. I know he, I be talking. He just be like, "Oh my god!" Because he be like, and then, and then earlier in the episode, Isaiah said this. I almost smacked him, but it's cool though. Yeah. So next week, when I do smack him and I win, it's all cool. Y'all already know. Cool. It's your boy Devin. Goodbye. I'm like, dang. I'm fly with it all the way over there just to be like, bink, come back. Like, oh my God, I didn't know what happened. Yeah, he, yeah and that's all I got to say. Oh, and I say it's stupid. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Then he'll come out here and go, some uh, some crazy dude came over here and uh, tried to put the hands on me, but I evaded him. Sorry. Devin, Devin, I had getting, Devin, I had getting ruthless with these promos. Tell but you, this is we, my, this is my mentality. Okay, I'm done. You know what? Was- we're you know what? We're ending it right there. We're ending it right there. <laughs> so if you like us, rate, subscribe, and review <laughs> on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That gets give you give your boys that five star. Yes. Give or us that five star more. rating. We got more interviews coming. So be on the lookout for that. Thank you so much for listening, Jasmine. Thank you for listening to the Heel Turn Podcast. Check us out on iTunes and Spotify every Saturday for more wrestling news and to be a part of the conversation. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Heel Turn Podcast and on Twitter at underscore the Heel Turn.